The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went away quickly from the tomb, fearful yet overjoyed, and ran to announce the news to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. While they were going, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had happened. The chief priests assembled with the elders and took counsel. Then they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, telling them, You are to say, His disciples came by night and stole him while we were asleep. And if this gets to the ears of the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. The soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has circulated among the Jews to the present day. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, happy Easter Monday, the day after our great celebration, uh, and it was beautiful. Uh, I hope you took in as much of it as uh, there was to offer. Uh, This could be the time when we look and kind of assess how Lent and Easter went. If we started Lent with, you know, I want this to be the best Lent ever. If that's really the way you approached this and you kind of, it was a business proposition and, you know, this Monday is kind of the day you say, okay, how, how did I do? Well, the church is really saying, well, it's, uh, there's more work to be done. We're, we're kind of in overtime. Um, and I think our gospel reading Um, I can't really show you this, and it's actually more prevalent uh, if you go to the USCCB website, um, which is usually how I I look at the scripture. But there's a white space in between the two perspectives of our gospel today. We have the women who have encountered Jesus and the excitement, and we have the negativity of, oh my, we have to stop this before it gets out of control. And to some degree, this is kind of what's happening in our own mind. Here we we live in two worlds. We have the kingdom that Jesus has that we've just now gotten a taste of and the secular world who says, no, let's, uh, let's, put, let's throw some money at this thing and kind of shut this down. It was really exciting and that was nice, but let's get back to work. Let's focus on the world and the secular needs. There's really that, that breakdown seems really clear here, but the church in its wisdom, we have this circular revolving liturgical year that we have and we went through Lent which we tried to open ourselves and prepare ourselves for Jesus to be more prevalent in our lives than our own self-focus that happens and now we have 
eight days of continued celebration and allowing Jesus to talk more clearly to us. And then amazingly, we have another, well, including this week, seven weeks until we get to Pentecost uh, in the Jewish world. Um, they actually pass over in Pentecost parallels what we go through. And they count the days. It's called counting the Omer. And so they, day one, day two, day three, they're supposed to count all the way till they get to Pentecost, which is the receiving of the laws. For us, it's the receiving of the Holy Spirit. That's Pentecost. And when we read this today we, with, with the women, it isn't that their life has changed and no, they need to, everyone's going to go to Galilee. We need to see Jesus more. And that's really what happens in the, the Acts, the books that we're going to read for the next several weeks. We're really seeing how Jesus is working in the lives of the disciples to prepare them. Now, in our first reading with Acts, um, I'm really intrigued with Peter. We get to see him so much more than the other disciples. We really get to see what's going on in his mind. And there's a point on Holy Thursday in the readings for the Gospel of John when Peter says, Jesus, where are you going? I'll follow you anywhere. I'll die for you. And Jesus says, no, you won't follow me now. You'll follow me later. When's later? I've always been intrigued. Like, well, what, what is that point? Where is that on-off switch where it looks like, okay, Peter finally is at that point and he can follow Jesus. It's not at the end of the book of John where he finally gets to uh, talk to Jesus and he gets that uh, reconciliation and forgiveness of his denial, of his lack of understanding of what Jesus' mission was, it's not at that. We don't see that at the very you know, end of the book of John. And really, even the first part of uh, the book of Acts, we don't see, you know, Peter's taking some leadership. But what happens? And, and I think this is the message for us as well. As we think about this continuation and where we're going towards Pentecost. Well, our first reading... Um, we miss a little bit of the setup. It's in the second chapter of Acts. And so what's happened right before the reading of, of Peter's proclamation here is that the Holy Spirit has come. He, it's descended. And they're talking in tongues. And people are saying, you're drunk on wine. People from the outside couldn't understand what was happening, this glorious thing that had happened to these people. There's a word that's missing in our first reading. It says, um, on the day of Pentecost, but right before that, if we go to our American Standard Bibles, it says, then Peter got up. It's after everyone has, that all the disciples have received the Holy Spirit and they're full of this, 
that Peter stands up and makes this proclamation with so much conviction. I think this is after what? I think this is what Jesus was saying. After this happens to you, not up in Galilee, it's after 50 days. It's when the Holy Spirit works with us and really starts to change our perception so there's less of us and more room for Jesus to be created inside of us. Ultimately, I think the takeaway is in our Psalm 16. Um, There's one line on uh, Psalm 16, we said it, O Lord, my allotted portion and my cup, you it is who holds fast my lot. The world is revolving around Jesus' plan for us. And when we realize that he is the one that's really controlling how we're perceiving and we allow him to take more control of our life, that we start to see that many of the trials and suffering, the things that we go through, are really things to change our own hearts, to realize that it is all about the love we have with that relationship with him. That's the most important thing. And I think that's what Peter says in his proclamation. He's realized it's not Peter's plan or his interpretation of the plan, it's Jesus' plan. And how does Peter fit in that? And so we continue our eight days of celebration in the octave of Easter, and then really Easter continues as we get to Pentecost. But all of this time we are looking for the Holy Spirit to work within us so that there's more room for Jesus and less room for ourselves, our selfish focus.